is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey everyone, some new things are coming your way on Glistening Particles. First of all, we're switching to a Monday show release, so you'll start seeing every Monday the shows will come out instead of Friday morning. So be ready for that, and then we had the option, right? We could skip a week and wait until the following Monday, or we could start to introduce the new monologue series that's going to happen occasionally, and we'll do one of those this Monday morning. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be me talking from the woods to you. All right, with that, here is today's show. Well, hello, listeners. In this episode, I'm talking with Sandra Jensen. Sandra is a writer, and she's also a dog rescuer. But it's not just that. So during the episode, there was a specific question I needed the answer to. I just couldn't even wait for it. Here's the setup. Listen to this. I committed to the vocation at that point. So, okay, here's a tough question. I'll just preface it with that. At that point then, did you make that your vocation because you want to feel that feeling again or because you now know you can do it? See what I mean? That's a pretty tough question, right? Wait till you hear the answer though. It took a while to get to the final juicy answer on that, but it was so good. Now, what you don't know from this little bit of a setup is that Sandra has been around, and by that I mean she has traveled around the world And I'm talking like South Africa to Ireland to Canada and like 17 points in between. Wait until you hear her story. And with that, here's Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Hi, Jane. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah. It's great to be here. I know it's, it's uh, we've yeah. got. I I think we have about four hundred things to talk about in under fifty five minutes, so we should probably start talking really fast, right? Excellent. All right. First up, um, I found you from my brother Mike, who apparently I think in at some point is going to become my business manager for the show. <laughs> He's constantly <laughs> going, "Hey, you should talk to this person," or maybe it's just that he knows a lot more cool people than I've known in my life. So. Uh, have you interviewed him? He, it sounds like he should do it. He's not yet. Pod- not yet. Yes, yeah, he will be. Yeah. He will be on. He's going to be talking about coffee roasting. I have a feeling that's his latest oh, passion. Wonderful. So, yeah, he's out. Actually, today it's Sunday here. I think he's out roasting beans, or yeah, roasting beans on the grill right now. <laughs> oh, that sounds like my my brother. My brother, you know, travels all over Africa, and he usually travels with his Aeropress and his hand grinder. He doesn't believe in electric <laughs> grinders, and he and he will hand roast his own beans too. <laughs> yeah, okay, we like, already wow. we need to connect my brother and your brother. That's step okay. one. Okay. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So um, I was trying to think of where to start with you because you have kind of a lot of different things that you've been doing. And but especially, especially, especially being a writer. So Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk a little bit to begin with about your passion for writing and how that began? Sure. I mean, a little bit is always hard. Um, Or a lot, however it goes. Yeah. I mean, I think like many people or many writers, actually, no, I don't, I'm going to take that back. When I was little, I thought one day I'll be a writer. Mm -hmm. And I think I I kept on thinking that for decades. And although I, I, I mean, I dabbled a little bit as a child in poetry and stories and then as a teenager with really, really bad tortured poetry, um, <laughs> like I think many of us do. Me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Just, just painful to read that stuff now. But, and I, I just, it was put on the, it was always something that I would do. And there were so many other things to do in the meantime, uh, which ranged, well, the full range. Uh, we can talk about that some other time. And it was just, I kept, it didn't, and one of my issues was like, what am I going to write about? And I found that almost an immediate block. It it mm. was just, I tried, you know, I, I wrote some travel essays. I went to, uh, I did a, I did a workshop in Canada, which I did some short fiction pieces. Um, and I had fun with that. But then whenever I tried on my own, it was just I would just kind of stare into space and just a, a log jam. So I continued to put it aside and did many other things traveled. Um, well, what did you and- do in the meantime? Because you've sort of been you've been a few places. Hey, <laughs> um, where did you begin? Yes. Where did you begin? I was I was born in South Africa, okay. and left when I was seven. Okay. Um, and that in itself is a long story. We ended up in in Greece for a few years, in Crete and in Athens. And then I, I was about 12, 13, we were in England, and then we moved to Ireland in Donegal and was there for mm-hmm. a few years. And then Northern Ireland for a few years, then I went to university in England. And then when I left university, I basically carried on traveling and I was... I mean, I did the usual, you know, around the world backpacking. Um, and you say that usual because that's probably usual for the people in your circle. But here's the thing. Um, I've been in the same state, the same, almost the same place my whole life. So I'm curious how one goes from South Africa me, to Greece I, okay, to all those. Okay. Can you give me a little bit of how that yes, happens? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, I mean, I in my, I mean, in a lot of people's cases, who've traveled a lot as a child, it's mm-hmm. usually because their parents are from a military background or you know diplomats and so on. That wasn't the case with me. Okay, my parents um, were wanted to get out of South Africa. It was apartheid, and okay. they, you know, all the horrendous things going on there. And my brother would have had to. Have, uh, my brother, who's three and a half years older than me, he would have had to going to the army and it just really wasn't a situation to stay in so they planned on immigrating to England Mm -hmm. that was the plan a little bumpy along the way and then very bumpy which was we stopped half stopped in 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 Greece to see friends who were living in Crete at that time and my father was killed in a motor car accident oh my gosh yeah which oh. we which we all were in and so that oh. was that 
it was really sort of a fairly massive situation. Wow. My, my, my mother got um, infectious hepatitis at the hospital. Uh, I was myself and my brother were uninjured, um, but there was there were other adults in the car who were quite severely injured. But but my father died, oh, and I'm then so, so my my yeah it was it was it was a how big old, deal. How old were you then? I was I was seven and a half. Wow. Yeah yeah, and it happened on my brother's birthday, so it's really a wow kind of a, That's a big a humongous theme. tragedy. Yeah. So my my mother. You know, she, she had friends there. She was kind of didn't really know what to do. She was ill. Um, my mother was a, an artist, actually a famous artist in in South Africa in the sixties. Really? So she she yeah she she stayed in 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 Crete for a while with us. My brother went on to boarding school in England, and then um, we moved to Athens, and she met a man there, and. Uh, yeah, so you know, happen, then back to South Africa to try and pick up with her work there because trying to make a living in Greece wasn't really possible. Divorced the <laughs> divorced the Greek, ended back up in England, and I'm with her all, all this time, right. where she she hoped to um, you know hoped to continue her artwork, but England was in a recession at the time, and she was supporting both myself and my brother and my father's mother, so my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So she was teaching crafts to, you know, her artwork just, she couldn't, it just wasn't possible, even though she did have exhibitions that were very well reviewed. It, it just wasn't possible to make a living. What was her, what's her name? Yen, Beryl Jensen, B-E-R-R-E-L-L, Jensen. Yeah. There is a, there, there wasn't much online about her until recently when I've tried to, you know, remedy that a bit. But she was invited, uh, I don't quite know how, actually I do know, the BBC uh, did a small documentary on her and synchronistically uh, uh, someone saw it, a a Catholic priest from Donegal who was trying to, the area he lived in, northwest Donegal, was was just sort of desolate, people were leaving in droves and he was Mm -hmm. trying to bring just build up the area again and, and 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 he was very interested in the arts and he invited my mother to start a craft center why a south african woman starting an, an irish craft center in donegal but nevertheless wow. that's what ha- that's what happens so we i was 13 at the time and um so that's what we did so um, so so i have to ask okay I- <laughs> Oh, so many questions, but it's so far it's like fascinating story. Like one of those things where you you just start reading a book and you're like, I want all the answers right now. You know, I'm like that's where I'm at at the moment. So well, um, stop me at any point. <laughs> I I don't think I can ask all the questions that I have and be done in fifty five minutes. But let's just go with the one in the t- in the tip of my tongue right now, you which bet. is, how did you feel about relocating again at thirteen? Well, were remember, we were, only, were you, yeah. we were only in England for uh, a couple of years, okay. three years, if that. Um, and prior to that, Greece, South Africa, Greece, you know, South Africa. Right. So for me, it was simply part of what, well, you know. It seemed normal. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I'd actually stopped going to school. Um, I was sort of homeschooled, but mostly self-taught. So I Mm -hmm. I didn't have, 
I hated, I'd been to so many different schools by the age of 12 that mm-hmm. I hated schools. And I, I didn't, I had, I had a couple of girlfriends in England, but I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm leaving my best friends. I'm leaving mm-hmm. this place I've been all my life, my home. It, it just wasn't like that. It was the, the what was, uh, you know, my, my uh, what's the word? the thing that was my my rock was my mother so mm-hmm. i would move wherever she was um, right. or where the family was you know so so that that's i wasn't as far in my mind i don't believe i ever thought oh i'm relocating right it was more this is what we're this doing what we do. it's like it's like oh we're going out <laughs> for dinner and that's, that's what so we do cool. we're going for a drive that's is what we're doing so, so that for is me, maybe, so cool yeah so it's it's it was no different to hey we just you know we're all for a Whatever, whatever families do. I don't know what normal families do, but that's what I, that's what we did. Well, and part of it is I always look at, you know, when you say from Greece to um, England to Ireland as like, oh, my gosh, you're changing countries, which technically you mm. are. But mm. if you go from like California to, you know, Iowa to New York in the United States, even though they're all the same, they're all in the same country, they're still very different and they're still very far of apart. Course. You know what I mean? It's of like course, I have to always yeah. put it back into context. So um, did you just say that you so you quit school? Was that part of what yes, you just said? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, yeah. I need to know more about that. How does one quit school at 12 or well, 13? Well, we were, we were in, yeah, so I'm just trying to think back. We were in England. I'd been to a couple of schools in South Africa, a couple in Greece, and I was a very, very shy child. I think mm-hmm. part of, not originally, I mean, I think it's part of what happened. And I did feel alienated in Greece. That was quite a shock for me at seven. Mm-hmm. And then in addition, the accident. So that was, you know, and the school I went to there was a, was a French convent and they didn't speak English. Uh, they just spoke French and Greek neither, which I didn't speak. So I, I just, it was not, it wasn't a fun experience mm-hmm. for me. So by the time we got to England with another school where I just felt completely the odd one out, mm-hmm. having to do things, I really, you know, play field hockey, which just sort of terrified me. And uh, girl, it was a girl's school that I was in. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just, it, in, in fact, I think if you look at my sort of attendance record at that time, <laughs> I just, I was either, either, actually ill or pretending to be ill or just my mother going, okay, she's just too unhappy to go. So um, we started, I think uh, she started me on a correspondence course, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, they sent you various things and you and you had to, you know, read books and dance mm-hmm. questions and send it off. And then a neighbor told on us. <laughs> so it was like, oh, no. we, had the, we, we had the authorities knocking on the door. And um, I remember this this man coming to sort of test me to see if, you know, that I was get, receiving, you know, correct, proper, proper, s- proper schooling. And, and he asked me sort of ridiculous questions like, what, what is a barometer and, and that kind of thing. And, and right. I could answer most of them. And I was, and he said, okay, that's fine. So we continued, but then we went to Ireland and somehow, you know, my mother desperately trying to earn a living, take care of me, take care of my grandmother, who was very difficult uh, for mm-hmm. all kinds of reasons. Um, the sort of actual 
paperwork of this correspondence course, of course, just stopped. And mm-hmm. when we got to Donegal, the choice she the choice was the local school where I would have had to learn Irish, which mm-hmm. is not, not necessarily a bad thing, but I just the thought of it just was horrendous. Or go to boarding school, which was even more of a horrendous thought. And then she said, Well, okay, if you are willing to stay at home, actually I think I think it was my suggestion. I'm fairly <laughs> sure it was my suggestion. Clever girl. I, mm-hmm. I yes, I said, well and, and it it was part that you basically um you you sit the examinations their own A levels um, uh-huh. so long as you know you, you you can order the syllabus and you can decide what subjects you want to learn O levels you usually do about seven A levels about three and so I chose subjects and I chose the syllabus and I read books and and I think because my my abilities and interests were not science-based. It would have been impossible for my brother, who was a scientist, mm-hmm. you know, you, where you need equipment and you need, you know, things. And I wasn't a sporty person, so I read books and I was creative. So it was very, it was easy to do, and I didn't need to do much of it. Um, <laughs> it, it seemed to work out for you just fine, though. Yes. It, it worked. It worked out. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, th- I think there were definite drawbacks and uh-huh. things that, that I struggled with um, when I went on to university, which I discovered, which is two things. One, which was I found it very difficult to interact with my peer group because I was so used to basically interacting with adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other was studying subjects that I wasn't interested in. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, Although I, I think, think that's tough be, for anybody, no matter where you um, are in the yeah. school program. It's tough to study it's things you don't true. care about. Yeah, yeah, but I, I just, it was just, so anyway, that's, that's the story of not going to school. Huh. Not a lot yeah. of us get to say that, you know, so it's always <laughs> kind of cool to hear. And look well, where you are today. My, <laughs> yeah, and my brother who has three kids, astonishingly, he was never going to, his, his three kids are being homeschooled. <gasps> oh, yeah, so trendsetter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all, they're very serious about it. It's, well, it's, it's a different it's, homeschool world today than it was. Yeah, it really like, is. You know, not long, that long, long ago. I mean, it's so intense. It's so well structured now with online. And <laughs> very much. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. wasn't me. I just did what I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. I'm kind of envious mm. of that. I had to go to school every day and do that that whole thing. But that awful thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah. you're so now you're in Ireland and your your mom is doing crafts with uh, Yeah, she's she's teaching crafts in the craft center and she set that up. Yeah. And, and I did too, actually. Were you there? Yeah. Oh, did you too? And how long were you there? <laughs> Uh, in Donegal, about three years, and then I can't remember why we moved to Belfast. I think my brother was at university there, and he was struggling a little bit, so my mom just thought it would be good to be there. Actually, I'm not sure that was the answer. I think my, I think you know Donegal was very isolated, mm. um, a very tiny, a tiny village, mm-hmm. and this craft center. And I think it just, I, I'm sure my mom just felt it was time for something else. Um, so she set up, she started uh, do, setting up adult education centers, and that's what she did in Belfast. And huh. that's that's actually where I went and sat my O&A levels, um, hmm. was in Belfast, yeah. What an interesting path, you know? Yeah, and Belfast was, you know, the war was on at that time. Um, in fact, I remember walking out of one of my A-levels and seeing it was a, 
the army had uh, was were detonating a building. So a building basically fell down in front of oh my, my eyes as, as I left one. I mean, it wasn't a bomb by the IRA, but it, it I can't remember why they were actually doing it. But I guess perhaps there might have been a bomb or something. But yeah, that was that was Belfast at the time. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, you left a place that was in strife when you were really young to go someplace and then lose your dad and then move around and then end up in a place in a war. Yeah. 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 A lot yeah. of content for a writer. A lot of content. Very much. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> so, when did you decide that you wanted to be a writer then? When did that happen? Well, I think the, the, the question is when did I actually dedicate myself to it and okay. I, I think it began with a, finding a, it's finding a teacher finding a mentor or actually perhaps she finding me as a, a friend was staying over this was actually when I was I was living in Toronto at the time and she stayed over because she was attending a writer's retreat run by uh, Barbara Ves, uh, Tona Veselago who does something called free fall writing. And she told me about, my friend told me about this process. And uh, as, as I said before, you know, what had always been difficult for me is what am I going to write about? Mm -hmm. And my friend Devon basically said that this very simple process approach to writing solved that problem. So I was very intrigued and uh, Barbara was living in Toronto. I didn't know I didn't know about her, but, you know, until my friend told mm -hmm. me. And she did a, a weekly evening uh, free fall writing course that I attended, and I was just sold on it. And then I did a, a week retreat, and it it literally turned on the tap. It mm -hmm. solved all the problems of self judgment, criticism, what to write about, all of those things. It just simply blew them away so they didn't exist and I sat down and wrote oh my gosh that's a pretty big deal it's a huge deal it's a it's a huge deal and it, it was just it really was incredibly exciting and um don't you love that feeling when you feel it crack open when the you know, oh like, it, it was it was yeah. so good it was like this mm. is it I mean I'm I'm I mean that was what about 2000 and ah, I'm trying to remember six 2004 so it's a long time I mean I things have changed since then I you know mm -hmm. trying to 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 tune back into that excitement when you do something sort of really for the first time mm -hmm. um and it, it was almost like being a child getting on a bicycle and ah. just simply riding that bicycle and and the the freefall process that Barbara has developed is it, is a container which allows you to do that, mm. and uh, so that would that was. I mean, I it took me some years before I. It still took me some years before I said this is all I'm going to be doing. So I did workshops with her, and then I did other stuff, and I was traveling with a spiritual teacher. I was doing other work, and so I I still didn't. I, I did the workshops with her, and I didn't write much in between time. Um, but it was, I think, in 2007 when something happened where I, I wrote, I wrote a piece that my, my, my cells could feel was a story. That this was a short story. An okay. Short story. Okay. Can and, you elaborate on that? What does that mean? Mm, my cells could feel. Well, tell me that. I, 
you know, I'd been, I'd written reams and, and the free fall process tends to inspire work that's from one's own life. They could be pure memoir or they could be creative nonfiction pieces or they could develop into fiction. There's no set outcome. Mm-hmm. But, and I, so I'd written a lot of pieces that were based on, you know, my life, my life stories mm-hmm. and, and they felt good and people liked them and I didn't try to get them published or anything, but you know, I got very positive responses in the groups and it, it, it's like, yeah, this is okay. But I, I was living in Germany at the time. <laughs> I know, it's a, it's a bit like a joke, sorry. Um, and I actually was going, I'm going to, I'm writing, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I don't have to go to the groups. I, I all the time I'm, I'm going to sit down and, and, and write every day and follow the precepts. Free fall is a, is, is a series of sh- short precepts that you mm-hmm. follow when you're, when you're writing. And I, I started something that again, that was a, was a, the first line was from real life. And I just continued and I continued and I continued and I entered the consciousness of a runaway Mexican horse in the story. Okay. And it, it all I, the story wrote itself through uh, me and it it had a beginning it had a middle and it ended and at the end i felt deeply moved by what what had happened and it was a, it was a complete experience and it was i mean i don't believe it i think i think all fiction has 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 deep roots in our personal experience but this was a fiction story and it when I finished it, I could say, this is a short story. Mm. And I, could, I felt it in my body. And it was really with that story that, that I did get published. Um, was, I think the first piece that I ever got published, I, from that point, was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. So and since then, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing some other things, but I mean, right. that is, it is, it is, it, has, it became, I committed to the vocation at that point. So, okay, here's a tough question. I'll just preface it with that. At that point then, did you become, did you make that your vocation because you want to feel that feeling again or because you now know you can do it? Hmm. I think neither. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. I think it was the excitement of it, the, mm-hmm. the, the sensation of, of, of really diving into the unknown and mm-hmm. letting the unknown take you. So the feeling, it was the feeling. But I didn't, it, it wasn't that I continued to write in order to re-experience that feeling. Okay. This is fun. No, take your time. This is actually really, this is juicy. (laughs) This is good stuff. I mean, I I think one is always trying, I mean, you know, it's called the, you know, with the flow. It's like to be in the flow is what, you know, if it happens, it's wonderful. But, you know, 99% of the time one isn't. One's just sort of struggling around blindly. (laughs) But it was more than I, I really felt that I found something that would challenge me 
in so many ways and mm. at the same time <sighs> reward you like he would challenge you well, and equally reward I, you? I don't I don't have children. Uh-huh. But it was like giving birth. Oh. And so to have to have this experience of actually something outside of yourself mm -hmm. that you have created. So I mean I guess you're right, it is that feeling, but it it, it was almost I mean, I suppose at that time I could say it's it's like a calling, perhaps even I could not do it. Oh, there we are. Hmm. I know that feeling. <laughs> I call it a and feeling, but that's exactly how I am with the show. Yeah. I can't not do it. I have lots of things that I that that I um, would give me reasons that I shouldn't, but I can't not. Could like not that. do it, and and yeah. so it was like I was bitten. I was bitten by. Yeah. It. I mean, I think I think the sort of the it, the setting had been set with. With free fall, but mm -hmm. then, but I hadn't been, but to then really be bitten, and once you're bitten, you it, even though you know writing actually for me ninety percent of the time is torturous. <laughs> I, it's it's like I, when I'm sitting there, it's like I think of everything else I can should would be doing, but it but it is I can't remember who said it, but it's the one thing that I'm when I'm doing. I know that it's this is you know this is what I'm supposed to be doing and and I don't feel that with anything else. Um, I'm really glad I'm really glad you said the torturous part though because you know so many writers that I've listened to like uh, speak in different situations and that they'll say like um, it's not glamorous you have to sit down every day and you have to write and it's not yeah. easy you have to do like you no. have and so um, for a moment there I was thinking. Maybe it is. Maybe she's got a secret. No. But there is part of it no. that's that too. I mean, I actually was uh, just paging through some papers today, and I have a, an article printed out from The Guardian, which is famous writers talking mm -hmm. about do they actually enjoy the process of writing. And I think <laughs> on that list, only one said it was like, oh, no, it's lovely. I really enjoy myself all the time, and it's so wonderful. And I'm like, oh, who is this woman? <laughs> but I think it's – I mean – who was it who said, you know, when you're writing, you're trying to find out something you don't know? And so that's it, that's a scary process, mm -hmm. you know. It's it's a, it's really a it's a it's a it's a journey of self discovery. So who, and it's that that's painful. Um, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, and I think what keeps me writing is I'm not very good at it. So. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like the things that I'm good at and I, I get bored with. But, mm -hmm. you know, writing, when you go to sit down to the blank page every day, yeah. it's, it, I mean, some things get easier, but it, it, you know, if I felt that I was good at it, I think I would just stop. So it's, it's ongoingly challenging. I totally um, get that. I totally, yeah. I, that's the fun, that's yeah. the fun of creative process though, is at least for me and sounds like for you too, is, um, it's about like the wonder of what will come next. Yeah. The wonder. And you're learning all the time, yes, you know, so always. that's because if you're not learning, what's, what, what's right. the point? So yeah. for you is your creative process, um, like how do ideas come to you? Do they like fly into your head and out of the blue or is it like you sit in front of the paper until they are sucked out of the sky into your pen? The, Boy, I should be a writer, huh? Look at yeah, that. You should be a writer, actually. <laughs> totally perfect. kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> I mean, the, the, one of the, the free fall, I mean, briefly, I'll, I'll 
cover the threefold precepts, okay. one of which is don't plan, mm-hmm. R- write what comes up. So I can't say I, I, I followed that all the time, but essentially that's the idea is when you, you know, something, if you're sitting down to something fresh or even, you know, something that you're working on, sit there, feel into your body and start to write. Hmm. The more I plan, the the more I, I, th- I think the way Barbara described this is that you know there's two parts to the brain. One one is the sort of logical editorial part, and the other is the, the the sort of more creative mystic side. And they both have their functions, but the idea is to in, encourage dreaming the dream. As mm-hmm. Stephen King called it, is to encourage the place where you can dream the dream. So. In terms of ideas, I don't think I do suck them out of the sky. I think they generally, they, they can start with an image that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is for when I was writing short stories. I might have uh, usually an image from my life. It could be something as bizarre as driving a narrow laneway in Somerset with my mum mm-hmm. and at night and the headlights and, you know, there's, there's no street lighting and seeing something move in the middle of the road mm-hmm. and the, we stop the car and it's like, oh, my God. And I mean, like, I'm 10 and we don't know what it is and it's sort of limping across the road and da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And it's like – and then we realize it's a plastic bag. Okay, so, <laughs> so it could be something as silly as that, as the image of something like that, or it could be – um, you know, as I start, as when you start to, I mean, for free fall, you can just, you can start writing, you know, I'm feeling uncomfortable, my hip aches, I don't want to do this. And as you start to write, something occurs. Okay. And it, it's a magic process. So, um, is it so hot? Oh, yes. Yeah, she, she does workshops all over the world. Mm. Um, that sounds yeah, really no, fun. She, she's great. And and so, you know, I would say most of my short stories and even the novel that I've just finished are, you know, the, the, it, it, there is something that is from my real real life, but then it develops from that place. Um, so, I yes, I don't sit and think, oh, I'm going to write a... Five pages I mean, today or something? No. Okay. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the, the short story that I was talking about before, which uh, it was called it was about a horse, it was basically I wrote the line hard in my mouth, and it was the sensation of the bit in the mouth. Mm. And I don't know how that – I just had the image of an actual situation where I was riding a horse in Mexico, and the line came out, and it was not in – the writer's point of view is in the horse's point of view. And I just followed, I followed that thread, mm. um, entering into the sort of sensuous detail, which is another free fall precept. So what it feels, looks, smells. And, and as you go in there, something evolves. Mm. Um, so that, that story, you know, was that story. Um, what was that story called? La Lorona. So it's, it's about the, the Mexican, it's, it's, I'll send you a link to it. Okay, no, definitely. Well, I have to read it now. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. It's, it, and so do the listeners. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And yeah. am I right in that you just said you finished your novel? Well, I've, I've been saying that for a few years, but I'm as close to, to, <laughs> Sorry, to finish. that wasn't meant yeah, to be no, funny, no, was no, it? No, no, <laughs> it is funny. I, I actually have emails that I've sent. I, I came across an email 
that I sent to a friend of mine I, at least four years ago. He said, I'm my final draft. And it's like, okay. ha, 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 ha. So at the moment, it's as final as I feel that I can possibly bring it to. And it's okay. been seven years in the making. So <gasps> it's, 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 so now the, the less exciting process of, of getting it out there to an agent. And, um, do you want to talk yes. about it? Do you want to talk about the, what it's about or do you want to keep that? Sure. Secret? No, I know that's fine. It, <laughs> it's, it Heard is it based. First. Heard it here first. <laughs> It is based on, like, on uh, some experiences I had when I was in Sri Lanka in 1984. So Sri Lanka's in the middle of a civil war, and I was uh, in my 20s, and that's pretty much when I started traveling again. And I I guess I, I knew there was a war going on, but it didn't phase me, and it was, oh, it's fine, you know, nobody's talking about it, it's great, I'll just want to leave England, I can't bear England anymore, cold, mm-hmm. grey, uh, just one-way ticket out, I'm gone. And mm-hmm. I arrived in Sri Lanka basically thinking it was, you know, all beautiful beaches and tropical weather, and I was just going to go off and meditate somewhere, and it, it, of course none of that happened. Um uh, something not very good happened, which was I met somebody who, um, I'm just thinking if it's worth saying this in terms of where the novel is. Well, yeah, I, I don't want you to give away yeah, too yeah, much. No, no, yeah, don't no. give away too well, much. Well, well, you know, in those days, probably still people, a lot of travelers and backpackers, you, you did various things like, um, buy carpets and sell them, buy Kashmiri carpets and bring them home and, mm-hmm. or hashish and sell it in Australia. Well, so you, people mm-hmm. were constantly on sort of money making things. Mm-hmm. And I was in a roundabout way involved in one of these things that, that had very drastic consequences for some of the local Sri Lankans. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was really not a good situation, not a good, not a good story that happened there. But, but that, so that is the kernel of, of Mm. what inspired the novel was, was to, to, I mean, other things happened too. I ended up on a ruby dealing escapade in Thailand. And I mean, the story was, is, is in a way good enough to write as a memoir, but I didn't want to write write it as a memoir so I wrote it as a piece of fiction and I and I found myself also changing points of view so it mm-hmm. has three points of view um well actually four one is oh. from a Buddhist Buddhist nun one is from a uh, a young homosexual uh, Tamil and one is from a, a Sinhalese teacher and then the other is from uh, a young western backpacker so they 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 interweave and and the novel's called 10 virtuous acts i Um, am so excited to read this mm -hmm. i really am yeah i mean it's 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 about many things well thank you i mean i (laughs) at the at the at the moment there were times when i thought this is working and times when i thought really it's not working and there was really a long I would never write a novel in the same way again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think first novels are always, it's where you learn to write. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so many things. I mean, I used to hate editing and I had to, I mean, I've been editing for the last 
three three years. Uh-huh. So I've had to learn to love editing. Um, <laughs> love editing. editing. Yeah. Well, okay. Write a novel. <laughs> yeah. No, that will probably just, never happen. Just, I'll knock on wood just in case. Yeah. But I don't know that that's in the I cards. Think, yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, I I thought I was finished several times and actually mm-hmm. thought I was finished a couple of years ago and I did get it out to agents and had a had a really top uh, class agent very interested in it who gave me a lot of really amazing feedback mm-hmm. um, so then I did two three more drafts and and then the interest fizzled out so I had to do some other drafts and that's where I'm at now ah. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is something to look forward to. I'm pretty excited. I think we're going to be able to. Um, I hope be so. Part I, of that publication when it comes. Yeah, out. I, I, I think it's going to happen. When is is always right. When is when? Yeah. I mean, even if an agent picked it up now and and got a publisher, it it could be two years. So it's it's mm-hmm. a very one can't be doing this for a quick fix. <laughs> yeah. So will there be yeah. some short stories in between? I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. Um. I mean, I did manage to to do some new writing, sort of additionally, and not not novels or not really short stories, but more memoirish pieces. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, um, I returned to Crete for the first time um, since I was a child last year, and I f- I found my father's grave, which I didn't know oh. where it was and I'd never been there since the age. I'm not even sure I was there as a child. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a Big That's deal for big. me, and I'm re- right. yeah, and and I I decided I wanted to return and just just kind of be there and and do some research and have some thinking time, and I got a a, a small literature travel grant to go back there. So I'm, that's what I'm doing this October, just a couple of weeks and just soak mm. it up and wander around. And I have a couple of pieces that are based. Uh, one's a short story. One's a more like a prose poem but it's quite long it's sort of 3,000 words that are based around the time uh, that I was there as a child okay so I'm thinking one one thought I have is is a series of pieces it could be mm-hmm. short story memoir possibly poetry that's one thought I have but I'm not sure about it yet um, still uh, baking yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's still baking still baking yeah so another thing that I understand that you do is rescue animals. <laughs> do you want to? Do yes. <laughs> totally oh. shifting gears here. Like, no, no, yeah, no, no smooth uh, podcast no, transitions on no, this. Side. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. I rescue dogs and cats from Bosnia. How does that go? How do you do that? How does that go? Yeah, All by Facebook. Okay. By Facebook. I mean, online. Um, I have a website. I have a blog about that, but basically the rescue happens via Facebook. So I have, uh, I started a small informal organization mm-hmm. um, called Animal uh, Welfare Advocates for Bosnia. And we work with a small group of rescuers. Um, and over the, I, I've been doing this since 2012. And since then, Either myself or people very closely connected to me, we've managed to get f- about 400 or maybe even a few more animals out of Bosnia. Mm. Um, it's the situation there is is really very bad. It, it has one of the highest records of uh, animal abuse reported to oh my God. Uh, animal. Yeah, and it's it's 
I don't know, the Balkans, it's, it's, a, it's just awful. Um, so, you know, you, you can't really home, you can home some animals within Bosnia, but not really. So most mm-hmm. of them come out to Europe, to England. I have homed them in, in the States as well. Um, we have a wonderful woman there who has taken in several dogs and, and rehabilitated them and found amazing homes for them. Uh, how do you get it, them to places? Like, how does that happen? I mean, this uh, is new, new <laughs> territory for me. If you don't mind, just explain. No, no. Well, I mean, it, it varies. I mean, the whole thing started very ad hoc for me. I, mm-hmm. I happened to, as one does, well, maybe not as one does, as <laughs> I did, stum- stumble across a, an extremely... And just a really a horrific video about uh, a dog that had something awful done to it. And I was so, the dog died and and Mm -hmm. I was so, it it affected me just, I I couldn't stop crying for two Mm -hmm. weeks. And I thought, well, I've just got to, this is not helping. I'll, I'll, I'm I'm pretty good at IT. So I threw up a a website. I thought I'll at least raise some funds Mm -hmm. for the rescuers who try to rescue the dog. I can, I can do that. I can. You know, I can try to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never been a fundraiser before. I've never been an animal rescuer before. But it, just sort of one thing led to another, and and I just made connections with people. Mm-hmm. There are there are a few. I mean, Romania is famous for uh, you know people getting dogs out of Romania. Okay. Um, other parts of Europe, which are pretty bad, India as well. You know, Thailand. So that there is actually an existing and on. A growing network of of, of transport groups, which uh-huh. generally start off as animal lovers who perhaps visited the country, or and so they start they take a couple of dogs out and then they set up a an organization that transports. So so there are different groups that drive dogs from uh, from Bosnia to Hungary and then from Hungary to the to the UK okay. to the states. It's it you have to fly them. Um, right. And it's unaffordable, though we have done it to do it what they unaccompanied. If you take a dog yourself, it's it's actually quite affordable. So mm. what we try to do is find flight companions. People are actually flying from Bosnia to the States. Mm. And I made an amazing connection with a really wonderful woman who's uh, with the U.S. Embassy in Sarajevo. And she, um, you know, there's a lot of diplomats and People in the embassy who fly back and forth, obviously, because that's their work. Uh, they go home on holiday. So she lets lets me know, and she's also involved with rescue in, in Sarajevo. So she lets me know if she's got somebody who's flying, and we try to find a dog and try to find a try to find a person who wants the dog or the cat. Um, that whole story wow. is pretty fascinating to me because um, one of the reasons I don't watch the news is because mm. I can't handle a lot of the things that I see happening. I just like, yeah. I, like there was something, actually someone told me something. I didn't even see it firsthand. Mm. And just hearing them share the story, like I couldn't shake it off for probably like two yeah. weeks, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, actually now that I think about it, it's still there. <laughs> it's still in yeah. the back of my head. And um, I think what happens though is I don't get like the fact that you took action is really impressive to me because I see those things or I hear about those things mm. and I feel like there's so many of them that I don't know how to do anything, you know? So the fact that well, you took action is really yeah. impressive. Well, for me, it was actually a way of stopping the pain mm. because I think part of the pain we feel and the emotion and the the, sh- the grief and the shock and all of that is 
uh, hopelessness and helplessness. Mm -hmm. It's like, what can I do? You know, what can we do about a situation? What Mm -hmm. can we do about that person, that dog, whatever the the thing is? And I think, you know, I don't think I did it out of any, oh, I'm going to do good work. It was like, I can't continue feeling the way I'm feeling. Uh, It's not helping me. It's not helping the dog. So uh, to be honest, I think it was a way to stop pain, Mm. to feel that I could act, to, to do something, to have some to to, make, to affect some change would help yeah. me feel better. So it's I totally like, get that. Could, no, because yeah, it's like, how I, can I, I go? Yeah, how can I go enjoy yeah. like riding my bike on the trail? La yeah. la la, everything is perfect. Yeah. And there's yeah. this person, dog or yeah. whatever, getting completely tortured right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, but how do you like? How can if people aren't you know IT um, savvy or they don't have maybe the same means? What do you recommend? I mean, one of them is, I guess, donating to a program hmm. like yours, right? Um, Donate. I mean, but, you know, there, you know, we, I mean, the other reason why I did it was I didn't have the funds to, to mm-hmm. donate myself. So right. that's so I set up a fundraiser. I mean, it's there are various things that can be done. Right. One is, you know, there's some people who've gone to their local pet store in the States and said, can I put up a little you know, fundraiser oh, nice. for the, for this dog or for this group. And that works quite well. There's, oh, okay. there's somebody in the, in the Netherlands who does something similar. She does a kind of supermarket fundraiser. Oh, that's great. Uh, on Facebook, simply sharing posts mm-hmm. is, is, you know, is saying this dog needs a home. Does anybody know? So there's, there are small, I mean, I think it's, it is very difficult. I mean, people do ask me this question, you know, how, mm-hmm. how do you, because most of the, most people are saying, okay, well, I can donate, but you know, it, it goes, it's endless. It's, mm-hmm. it's endless. And that begins to feel, you get sort of donation fatigue, let alone, you know, right. running out of money. Right. So yeah, it, there's it, that it's, too, right. it's just finding, I mean, two things I would suggest focus. One, uh, I made a very clear decision to focus on Bosnia. I mean, in mm-hmm. a way, I think I was sort of guided by the dog that I, came across you know mm-hmm. you know I, I don't want to say that you know that dog suffered for a reason because out of that situation over 400 animals have been rescued and hundreds of thousands of mm-hmm. euros raised but nevertheless that dog was from bosnia mm-hmm. and so i you know once i entered the animal rescue world i realized what a overwhelming awful situation it is mm-hmm. and again as a way of keeping myself sane and uh, keeping the emotions sort of at least fairly contained was was to focus because i think you start thinking oh you know there's dogs in thailand it's it's too much so my my suggestion to people is find you know maybe there's a a rescuer i mean and, and a lot of the stuff i have to say does happen on facebook it's mostly what i use facebook for okay. i use it for that's this. good to know yeah you can do extraordinary work fundraising find a find a, either concentrate by country mm-hmm. by organization by rescuer and just focus there and and then simply do the best you can to put the blinds on it's worked pretty much for me i mean okay. i get I, I have a lot of information about what goes on in the world i don't sign I used to for a while, you know, sign uh, petitions. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't really work. They do work in terms of getting people aware. Mm-hmm. That's what they, they don't really change anything. Um, they, they, mm. you know, certainly not in countries like Bosnia. They don't change anything. So signing petitions, it's really, petitions are only good in terms of getting the word out, not to actually affect change. 
So it's it's that think of something small. Okay. Um, something small. It could be telling a friend. Right. You yeah, know, no, I think that's good to like just sort of putting it a little out. putting yeah. a little poster up saying, you know, if you if you if you're you know, you're looking at adopting a dog, think about contacting this organization. Um I think we always look just yeah. in our own backyard, so it's a good yeah. thought to think to look well, further. The thing is, I mean, there's a lot of in in the states, you know, there's a lot of animals also needing help. So there definitely have, are, but uh, yeah, so you don't need yeah. to go go further than that. Right. Um, but you know, if you are affected by, I mean, I'm particularly affected by animal abuse, so mm-hmm. it's fine. And it's it is it's shocking and very painful for me. But finding some small thing helps some small thing you can do because i think hopelessness and helplessness is is really a huge part of the pain we feel yes exactly so you you mentioned that you had it you traveled with a spiritual leader or a spiritual i did mentor leader mentor Um, well i mean he would always say he wasn't a guru but but that's probably the easiest description that people can understand he actually worked do you remember rajneesh osho Yes. Uh, yeah, he was for a period of time Osho's right hand man. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, Paul Lowe. So he came from that tradition, but he also did a uh, did a lot of work with uh, you know in, in the sort of sixties and seventies with all kinds of encounter groups and so on in in the states and elsewhere. English. Yeah, Paul is English, and then he went on and did his own groups, and I came across him. Oh, 20, 22, 20, 20, 22 years ago, I think, okay. when I was in a, a very bad way. Um, my marriage had ended and, and I was, uh, yeah, very, just extremely sort of disabled emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I came across him through a friend and it, and it was an extraordinary process, um, sort of do, doing a month workshop with him in the States was like having sort of 10 years of therapy ah. and it, it really changed things for me. And then I, I would go and do his retreats once or twice a year. And then I ended up actually myself and my partner, we ran his t- tour for a year. Um, so we, we traveled hmm. with him and then lived with him briefly in Australia. He's, he's now pretty much retired. Uh, hmm. He's in his eighties and, and lives in Australia. You have done a lot of different things. I have done a lot of different Mm -hmm. things. But it was why, you know, one of the reasons why Freefall, why I took to Freefall so quickly, I think, was because Barbara's also worked with a spiritual teacher and her her process is very much about being present, Mm -hmm. being present with what is, being here now. So it's, that's, you know, show up, don't plan, don't edit. Uh, go fearwards, and, and these are all, in a way, spiritual teachings, and mm-hmm. I'm very close to the work that I did with Paul. So it was it really sort of dovetailed beautifully, um, writing as a, as, as a, in a way, a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then yeah. that you kind of worked that into your novel because you said you had one was a Buddhist perspective. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure that I. I'm not sure that I, I mean, I, I think it's there. I mean, not like intentionally necessarily. Uh, yeah, in not some... intentionally, but I think, yeah, of course, there is an interest in 
in those things. And, and, and I, yeah, it comes through, you know, why are we here? What are the consequences mm-hmm. of our acts? Um, do you have any spiritual uh, practices today that you do daily? Like meditating or things like that? I'm not good. I've never good at doing anything daily. I mean, I do. <laughs> uh, and it, cha- it Occasionally. changes. Occasionally. <laughs> um, you know, I have a sort of physical situation, so a lot of the work that I do is around that. I'm, I do yoga nidra. Do you know yoga nidra? No. So what is that? It's a, it's it is a meditation, but it's you guide yourself through the body. Um, okay. Uh, you can actually there's some wonderful apps you can get that just ten twenty minutes, and and that's instead of just sitting there being empty, which I think is almost quite a kind of a masculine approach to spirituality it's it's more about getting into the body which is more of a feminine approach i feel okay name, so that's some, name one app i'm sorry to interrupt name one or two apps because that, that uh, i need to try this this sounds really good to me actually if you simply put yoga nidra n-i-d-r-a n-i-d-r-a, N-I-D-R-A okay yeah. gotcha i will do that okay there's one that's voiced by a, I think he's Australian. Son, he's my favorite one. That works I for me. I, that's, yeah, that's what my theory is. Not even kidding. I, I, don't, I, I don't think the app has called anything interesting. Um, if I go clicking, I'll probably turn Skype off. Okay. Uh, so I do that. Um, I mean, I'm actually in a bit of a sort of spiritual watershed right now. So I think I'm in a, in a kind of a an emotional desert, a spiritual desert. I, I think I've lost connection to much of that work, and I'm sort of blindly trying to find my way back. Um, hmm. Yeah, that happens. I mean, I've seen that, that myself. In myself. Yeah, sure. Actually, I was just talking with who was I talking with about that? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, but we, I was saying that. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, her name is Tina. She's actually the next episode coming up. Um, she, we talked about how we were like, we were both raised, she was raised Catholic, I was raised Lutheran. Mm. And, you know, I sort of was in and out of it most of my life, kind of sometimes mm. I felt very connected to it. Other mm. times I felt not. And sometimes I even felt offended by it like i would just be Mm. like i don't even want a part of this and then yeah you know where i am now and then i got into more of a much more spiritual place where i felt connected to the universe and felt very Mm. very good that way and then Mm. i'm more i'm it's not that i'm disconnected but i'm really in a place of like what do i tether to yeah 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 no i mean i i think my life has been a process of untethering you know when mm. you know moving from country to country mm-hmm. doing different things and i i don't have a i have a community worldwide and a, you know my online community with a dog rescuing but i don't have a community where i live and that's a big deal for me and and i feel very you know, I don't have a place that feels like home. Mm-hmm. So, and I wasn't, my mother was an atheist. I wasn't brought up with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the work that I did with Paul helped me connect to a way of being. Um, but then when I moved out of that and I was no longer closely, you know, immediately connected with people doing that work, mm-hmm. the reminders of, of how to keep at that 
uh, have, mm-hmm. have fallen away. And actually, I mean, when I started, when I focused on, when I said I am going to write, you know, in 2007, that story, this was it. That was my practice. Ah, was writing. But I feel that I don't know whether it's. I wouldn't say because of that, but I have perhaps focused on writing to the point of exclusion of other work uh-huh. and also having a chronic illness, which mm-hmm. in a way be- also becomes a focus. Right. Um, and without a, without a close community of, I mean, I don't have a, f- you know, there's not somebody here, like a friend who I can call up and say, let's just sit together. Um, uh-huh. So it's, it's hard you know, in a way. I think, I'm sort of always out there on the edge exploring and mm-hmm. perhaps I've gotten a little bit too far out of the edge. I, you know, if you think of like being a spaceship and no, I, I, exploring I and then, yeah. and then yeah. there's a feeling of, Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I, I can't find, I can't find the mothership. Yeah. I totally, so, I, so get that. I get that. That's where I am, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's why it's so cool to communicate, like, to connect like this even. Like right mm. now, you know, you mm. and I having mm. this conversation feels like a pretty legitimate connection. and Very um, much so. Right. And so that's what I, that's one of the things I'm doing. Because I feel, I feel similar for different reasons. I feel the same mm. way for different reasons. Mm. You know, my life is a little bit up, like turned upside down right now. Yeah. And all, all for reasons of my choosing, I would say. Yeah. But, um. But there's times where I become so isolated because I work from home and I um, live in a small town and I work out independently. So when I exercise, I like to be alone in the woods. Exactly. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I'm like, when was the last time I actually saw somebody aside from my son in person? You know, so I'm I'm doing like like what sounds completely simple but it's actually really lighting me up. And that is yeah. I go work, I go sit in a coffee shop and work. And just to be like yeah. in the presence of other people and watch like Absolutely. just something different is actually lighting Absolutely. me up right now. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I used to do that. And now, for, and then I, you know, even though I'm now living in quite an urban area, I, I mean, partly it's because I've been so unwell. So just mm-hmm. even getting out is, is, is sometimes difficult. Right, but I've, right. I've kind of really, Close. I mean, maybe there's. I'll be. You and I will have a conversation in a few years' time. Now I'll uh-huh. be able to understand what that process is. But it right. it feels almost like I have been on a silent retreat for the last hmm, seven years or so. Hmm. And it, not as you know, in in a way, a kind of monastic existence. Even though you know, I have a partner and I mm-hmm. have friends. And I do, you know, I'm online a lot and I do mm-hmm. Skype people. There is this profound isolation. Mm-hmm. And what what that is about, I, I can't say at the moment. Mm. Other, other than I know, I, well, I was going to say other than I know I can't continue like this, but I don't even know that. I, I, I feel I need something different. So mm-hmm. how to how to manifest that? Um, I mean, perhaps things have to get so so small before they can then expand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
I don't know. I don't have the answer right now. Mm. Well, maybe it's around the corner. Maybe yeah. it's just like so, yeah. cl- like a, like an arm's yeah. length away. But but I, but I agree with you. Connecting is, I mean that that feels like number one on my list is mm-hmm. is really it's connection, it's community, and really looking at that. I think especially as you get older, it's like any not having kids and mm-hmm. doing something like writing, which is a solitary existence. You have to have community and mm-hmm. see people and actually be in the presence of people but th- but then yeah. it's like then my mind goes but certain people <laughs> no i told no i was thinking the same thing yeah i was thinking the same thing and actually um and i don't know if this is just me but this is it's not even certain pe- certain people in the sense of like um that are spiritually in the same place that i am i mean that's no, a positive no. that's a that's yeah. always nice but mm. but it's really i, I just want to meet new people like yeah. always new people like like within mm. i just like hearing new stories like they're like i like hearing I like meeting a completely random person and hearing their story and then okay that was awesome now okay new random person new story and i don't know what that is if it's just uh, int- ADD, I mean, from, adult add going on or what but that's kind i, of I where think I'm at. For, i have similar but i for me i think it's that's about places that's one of the reasons why i keep have kept moving it's mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've sort of not in the last while, in the last few years, but I just love to see new countries, new places, new mm-hmm. cultures, um, more of a kind of uh, uh, individuals, yes, but mm-hmm. more the whole thing, more just this is this is the energetic character of this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally get that. That's what has yeah. ex- excited me and. But it, you know, if you keep traveling, you 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 don't have you don't create a local community. Right. So there's it's it's there's, there's so many no people drawbacks. like that though these days that really do yeah. live this nomadic lifestyle, and yeah. there's like a subculture of that. So even if um, that's yeah, been, to, yeah, that, I, I mean, like, tap into that because that's actually yes. a pretty cool thing. Like. I've done. Do you, ta- you have you have do you have meet up there in the states? We do. A, we do. Have okay, that. so right. I should I should I should do a search for for nomadic yes. <laughs> groups. Well, even like the van life people, that's a big thing here right now. Yeah, like the van lifers, yeah. and it's such a really cool subculture, and mm. they have that same situation, you know, where they're yeah. not they don't have that same um, community and with them all mm. the time, and they are finding ways to build that and it's so cool to watch yeah. i had some on the show and they were it was just fascinating but you know I, I totally got bit by the bug of new of wanting to see new places and new cultures and yeah. it's sort of like um when you talked about the horse and um hard in my mouth that's how yes. i am right now about traveling outside of the united states like i'm so yeah. ready but it Fantastic. just hasn't happened yet, you know. It's, It'll uh, happen. Oh, yeah. and and you just once. I mean, I feel I feel so excited for you <laughs> embarking on that because it's yeah. just. I mean, there there are some countries I've not seen, but there are countries that I want to go back to. There's some mm-hmm. that I really want to go to. Some that I really don't really have much interest in. But it's just just the thought of all of that out there yeah. is so exciting, and that 
you're going to be doing that. Uh, yeah. I have a big smile on my face. It's, I know. I know. Uh, I'm just leaving again this week for some for California again, which I've been to mm. now a number of times. But um, mm. it also is where a piece of me lives. There's this part of my soul that's, that's you know there, what? Me so. too. I love California. Yeah. I I just feel at home there. Yeah. The, the climate, the people. Exactly. I just. I love it. I yeah. love Los Angeles. I love San, San Francisco. That yeah. whole I'll be just, up north. And the, there's yeah. something about the sun and then the, the way, sun, the trees. The, the tree. I was just going to yeah, say the, the trees. trees. The smell of the trees. I know. The sounds. And uh, I, I can just. Oh, and you know what? I feel like, you know, when we talked about tribe, I feel yeah. like um, the trees are my tribe. And I know people yeah. might think that sounds really weird, but. No, no, not at all. I got there and I, no, I just like I, felt them, like I knew yeah. them. You know what I mean? And then there's yeah. that thing about the negative ions from the ocean generates negative yeah. ions, and that's all yeah. in the air, which is really good for us. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. Oh, can't wait. No, oh, I'm I'm right there with. Come you. there with me. Just, Meet me there. I would love to. I would so love to. <laughs> that would be oh. so awesome. Not even kidding. You, I have a place you can stay with me anytime. We'll we'll go out there. I'm my I'm, I'm going to be writing that down as soon as we finish. Yeah. No, it's just. And I have some of my best. Actually, I have another spiritual teacher who lives in Los Angeles, Dina oh. Metzger, extraordinary woman. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it'll be time for me to go there soon. I mean, in a way, there's the so Mediterranean fun. climate as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I have that. I mean, maybe I responded so strongly because of living in Greece and also Johannesburg, where I was born, is a, is a desert climate. You mm-hmm. know, it's hot and dry and and similar kind something something going on there. Something yeah. feels right, right? Yeah, but yeah, California, love it. <laughs> So I I think we're going to be meeting up. I can already feel it somewhere or another. Yeah, I'm I mean, coming I to the Mediterranean. Feel I know. You. I know yeah. Isn't that awesome? When I, I heard this. your voice on one of the, I played one of your podcasts and I heard your voice. I went, oh, yes. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how that happens with some people? You just go, I oh, I know you. I some totally level, know that. You know, there's something in the vibration of the tone of the voice. Yeah. something that just, yeah. I, yeah. I Actually, now that you say that, so I feel that with pretty much almost every guest I've had on the show. And it, I think it's that um, the universe is sending me my tribe through yeah. the show. Like, um, how wonderful. I yeah. know, how lucky. Like I felt that like for people who, for the listeners, we literally just had our first conversation ever about 10 minutes before I know, we started recording. I know, right? <laughs> so we aren't old friends, even though we sound like it. <laughs> oh, we are. I'm not even sure. Yeah, no, I'm not even sure I know what you look like. I think there's a little picture on the thing, but it's just like it was just there. It's like okay, yeah, we're here now. You're here now. You're in my living room. Right. Exactly. Ronan, and my cat is sitting here quietly, finally, and we're just enjoying. Yeah. Oh, that's mm. a good story. Yeah. So, um. We didn't even talk about how many things you've written and all the places people can find your work because I was looking at the list on your website and you have a lot of material out there. I mean, not only um, short stories, but did you also write some screenplays and things like that? Not I, – I did a little bit of um, dramaturgy in oh, theater. I, okay. I, I did some performance art for a while and I did write some plays or co-wrote some plays, but that okay. that's – Pre, pre my kind of that was a different life that was a performing life ah. um, 
So I, but no screenplays, but a okay. lot of short stories. Um, and some of them are online and, and some of them are many, they're all on in literary magazines mm-hmm. mostly, uh, which are, you can buy or some of them are online magazines. I've got a couple of pieces in the Irish times, um, but mm-hmm. I think those are accessible online. So where can people find you then? What's your website? The the best, yeah, the best way is my website, which is sandrajensen.net. And Jensen is spelled J-E-N-S-E-N. And Sandra with an A. (laughs) I should say sandrajensen.net, yeah. Yeah, really. Let's go all American at it, okay? Yeah, (laughs) that's right. So that's where you can pretty much find everything about me. And I think I've got a link to my Facebook profile there. my, My Facebook profile I do keep for... Uh, my sort of personal stuff and writing the, the, the dog rescuing I kind of try to do separately um, so but if you want to find out about I think there's a link to um, about the dog rescuing stuff but you can contact me via my okay my website and I'm always happy to talk I saw a blog yeah. um, section on your on your website as well, and I didn't dig into it. But do you do you blog regularly? Uh, unfortunately, not. Okay. Um, I, I did for a while. I mean, I actually changed the title of the blog. Used to just be news, and it was you know if there was a new publication oh, okay. or something. But then, because I was so involved in my novel, not a lot was happening. Mm-hmm. And and then I started up. My mum died two years ago, and oh, that was a that was so a sorry. yeah. I was it, it it was and is really a huge a huge issue. It was a huge event for me, mm-hmm. and I I it was such a strong and difficult experience that I I, I wrote a very personal blog about that, and that mm. and I'm actually writing another one on loneliness and isolation actually that's not up yet it's in i'm just working on that so i'm beginning to sort of come back to it in in a more personal way um Mm. but i'm not a regular blogger but you can you know if you if you dig in there you can okay that's Um, good that's good to know yeah yeah. yeah, it's interesting that we came around that topic of loneliness and mm. isolation in our conversation, since that's what Yeah, and, and, and how we began talking about ZADS, right. uh, uh, you know, in the community. So what yeah, was ZADS sort of exactly? Because that was pre-me. I didn't know, I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> part of ZADS. What exactly was it, if you would the describe way I, it? I mean, an online network, I mean, a, a social network of... I don't want to use the word spiritual because I don't, I think there there were some who, people which really felt like there was something important in life, Mm. whether that was being an activist or in politics or in in, um, spirituality, people looking outside of themselves, Mm. not just not just there to make friends and sort of say what I'm eating, what I'm doing, really looking to connect and change, make change in the world. Mm. So it, it was a social network that had actually, you know, very small. I mean, I, I was there right at the beginning when it, mm-hmm. when it began. And you, you could, the people who started it, you could actually contact and talk to and say mm-hmm. this is not working i would like this so you know you really felt part of it was like you know being able to just chat to zuckerberg you know, and right. say, hey, i don't like this about facebook can we do something and he would go yeah that's a great idea let's do that so it was very exciting uh-huh. and 
you talked about tribes. It really was, you know, there were tribes there who could connect and find each other and have have these really deep and meaningful conversations about life and the world and spirituality and and whatever it was that that was important to you you could um have a conversation about it and not not just you know meet with people who shared your points of view but mm-hmm. actually discover other points of view and maybe change your mind about something i mean that's really unusual to mm-hmm. to have your heart and mind opened via a social network and and that's what sads did mm-hmm. um, you know my my wish would be that everybody had the opportunity to experience something like that because that is something that i experienced through a future iteration of that which yeah. i called the oasis through entheos and now it's the oasis through optimize me and um the last iteration of the oasis i had that i was like you at the beginning of it and built this tribe, had the connection with the people developing it. And um, it was, it changed me. I mean, I'm a changed mm. person from that. Mm. It, it taught me how to mm. be authentic about the way that I open myself up to strangers. Yeah. And have It's not that I didn't trust people, because I always did. I always, That's my nature. Mm. Um, but I didn't uh, uh, express my deepest self. You know what I mean? I always felt like yeah. I had to sort of chameleon myself in. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's fascinating because the work that I did with Paul Lowe pre-Zads was very mm. much about finding, you know, being authentic, actually being authentic. What is that? Who are mm. you? And how can you be with others in a way that's actually honest? Right. You know, we, we, most, we just, we, instead of just smiling and chit-chat and so on and so forth. And I, and I think, you know, we have a, we're, we're all yearning, we're yearning for a true meeting with other, with, a, with other, with self and other. And so, you know, I've, I think there are spiritual groups, there are um, spiritual teachers who do that work, so you mm-hmm. can do it in person. And then because there is such a need for that, it's happening virtually as well. Right. Um, so I suppose just us talking about it, it's like it, it is possible there are groups of it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really happen on Facebook. Facebook right. is very not. And Facebook is. I mean, there are. You can have a private group, etc. I mean, I try to recreate some of that in private group. It doesn't. Facebook as a as a as a being is too noisy. It's like right. going into the heart of New York, and and it's just too loud. Right. <laughs> but it's it a sounds, really good way of yeah, describing it's, it. Yeah, it's it's a big busy city, and and you can mm-hmm. make it work for yourself. But I don't believe it's really a. a uh, I don't feel it's the most supportive place to to find and discover what we're talking about. But it, but you know, I after Zad's ended, I stopped looking for that online. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you know you've had a similar experience, and there mm-hmm. are sounds like there are social networks out there that are that that is possible. So I, I look for them, seek them out right. because it is extraordinary. Because we, all, we you know so many of us, as you say, do live isolated lives and we're looking for something so keep it's there it's 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 sort of waiting Uh, (laughs) there there are ways of finding it whether it's going on a retreat somewhere actually even through free fall you can find it um and there are links to 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 the free fall process on my website you know it's seek it out and and it'll find you absolutely and it it really is so worth it it's so worth it yeah, you just—I mean, in a way, the drawbacks because you you realize you can't 
go back to the way you were and you're constantly looking for it and yeah. and it's like if you if you don't have that if you're not connected to that tribe you really do feel sort of um, it's like hmm. it's like when you've had a really good coffee, you can't have anything less than it. It's, it's exactly. I coming, totally, yeah, know, it's totally right. know what you mean. <laughs> coming um, back to the coffee thing, yeah. It's so yeah. it's it's there. So if you're looking for something, it's there. It really is. You know what we should do um, when we put up your show. I'll see if I can do a little research and find a few places mm. like that. Like I'll include the Oasis, but I'll include some links like that for people to explore Brilliant. if they're moving move to do so. That's a, I absolutely. Let's do that. Let's do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I find something, I'll let you know. Definitely. Well, Sandra, I really hope that we are friends forever now and we keep talking mm. because this has been just delightful. Um, rich i feel like um such a great connection with you and i hope yeah get and I, I feel like i this. want to interview you <laughs> <laughs> okay people it's keep like, saying that and i keep trying to yeah. remind them my life is not that exciting <laughs> well it's, it's not about the life it's about the person somebody yeah. once told me you know i felt that you know i wasn't you know achieving anything i wasn't she said but you're a successful person mm. and she was an older lady and it it just meant such a lot to me just to hear somebody say that as, mm-hmm. as about me as a person and i feel that about you just it, it doesn't matter about your life is but it comes through in how you ask questions and your presence here it's like yes you you know you have so much oh um, thank you that was that i don't think it's about really what you do really it's mm-hmm. it's about who you are oh, on that note i'm just going to just <laughs> You know, wallow in that, or not wallow, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? You wallow, I would wallow, wallow. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I can't wait to talk with you again. And thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're so welcome. Take care. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. I don't know what to do anymore. This just keeps happening. I have conversations with these guests and I just want to hang out with them for days and days and days and I want them to kind of be my best friend forever. So I need to work on that. But oh my gosh, she was so interesting. And I just can't believe all the different places that she's been and the things that she's done. And actually since our episode, I read the story about the horse and it is actually just gripping. You have to go out there and hit the link and read the story. And I know the book, the novel, is right around the corner, so I will be lining up at the bookstores for that. And maybe we'll get super lucky and she'll do a book tour and come around and see all of us. I would definitely encourage you to listen more to what Sandra is doing. And for sure, I think I just want to be more brave like that. Thanks for listening. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining.